What's going on, guys? Thank you for joining us today on the Esports Supply Podcast, the Collegiate Series. I'm your host, Deron, a.k.a. Deronimo. The purpose of this podcast is to give you guys the inside scoop from the colleges and universities that have already started their esports program. Now, let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you again, Ashley, for joining us on our Esports Supply Podcast. Real quick, introduce yourself and tell us how you got into your position. Sure. Um, I'm Ashley, um, better known as AJ. Um, I am the current head coach at Park University. I moved out to uh, Kansas, uh, Missouri for this uh, position back in December of 2018. Um, started the head coach, uh, head coaching job in January of 2019 um, and been doing it for about a year and a half now. Okay. And how did you get, how did you get chosen to, how did you find yourself into the esports world as a head coach? Yeah. So I was always really, you know, when I was younger, I played a lot of video games with my cousins. It was definitely a way for us to really connect, honestly. So I kind of just played video games since I was young. When I was in college was when League of Legends came out. So I, I started playing that game since uh, since it did come out. And then I just got a really good group of friends out of League of Legends. It was kind of one of those places on campus where i found your people, right? So, and then after I graduated from UF, um, I continued working in higher education because I really do enjoy the faculty, student, staff, um, you know, energy and relationships there. So then once I figured out that esports was getting seeped into the collegiate scene for me, it was kind of a no-brainer putting together two things that I really love. I went onto the NACE website, saw a bunch of uh, universities that had posted head coaching jobs. Something about Park really drew me. You know, I really enjoyed the look of campus. I enjoyed somewhere new. I had always lived in Florida my whole life. And then after going through the interview process, I really enjoyed the people that I knew that I was going to be working with. And then bada bing, bada boom, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So talking about your program, how did you guys, first off, what, de- what department is it under? So actually, a fun question. So we had started off in when Park had first announced their program in the uh, summer of 2018. At that point in time, it was under the director of student life. So it was housed under student life for pretty much that entire academic year. And then at at which point in time, we had actually transitioned under athletics. So this past academic year, we were now housed under athletics. Okay. And so why did you guys do the switch? Uh, so our director of student life, uh, Ben Zebers, he was the one that really uh, championed for the program, really got it off the ground, approved and running. Um, he got a um, he got a higher position at one of our other campuses in Gilbert, Arizona. So he uh, moved to Gilbert, um, at which point in time uh, we decided to move the uh, esports program to be under the assistant athletic director at Park. Okay, awesome. And so for your guys' program, what conferences do you guys compete in? Um, So it depends on the game. This past year, uh, starting with Rocket League, we competed in the NACE tournaments and also the Collegiate Star League. For Overwatch, we competed in the TESPA tournament. And then for League of Legends, I had two separate teams. One of them competed in the Collegiate Star League year-round. And then the other team competed in the Collegiate Star League in the fall. And then they competed in CLOL in the spring. Gotcha. And how did you guys pick your guys' games that titles that you guys are going to compete in? 
That's another good question. So when I had showed shown up to campus, they had already they already had the seven players that were going to start the League of Legends team back in spring of 2019. Um, at that point in time, it was just us and the seven players for that spring semester. But we had already started you know, putting out feelers for the two additional games that we were going to bring on, which were Overwatch and Hearthstone at the time. It got to about March, I, w- I want to say, and I, I didn't really see a lot of potential for Hearthstone. You know, we weren't getting a lot of applicants. Nobody really seemed to be grabbing at Hearthstone. Uh, but I did get a lot of inquiries about Rocket League, you know, just from students that were already part of the university, students that were going to be incoming freshmen at that time. So, you know, I kind of made the call to, uh, you know, kind of ditch Hearthstone and, and move with Rocket League. So, you know, out of that, that's it's probably one of the best decisions that I've made currently within my position uh, this past year we had in the NACE tournament we had a top 10 Rocket League team so you know we kind of looking at games we really just look to see what our current studio body is kind of asking for and wanting to play um, and then also just increase into the program from you know juniors and seniors who are in high school you'll get a bunch of emails. Hey, do you guys have a Fortnite team? Do you have a Valorant team? Do you have a, a Rainbow Six team? So, um, you know, just kind of listening to um, what, what what the students are playing. Okay. And so starting your first year, was it 2018, right, when the program started? Yeah, so they oh, had um, announced, yeah, they announced back right. in the summer of 2018 and spent that um, fall semester building out the space, finding myself um, and kind of getting it started to be ready to compete in spring of 2019. Gotcha. How, how many players did you guys have at that time? Uh, so when we started, we had seven players on one League of Legends team. Um, the following fall semester, we had two League of Legends teams, Rocket League team and an Overwatch team and had about 22 players total in the program. So so it tripled, more than tripled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from right. from the spring to the fall, yeah. Yes, all right. And so how many PCs do you guys have at, at Park? So we have 16 working stations right now. So we do have to sort of flex our practice times and our competition times. But yeah, we've got 16 right now. Okay, and would you say for this upcoming year, let's pretend like COVID didn't happen, right? And recruiting was fine. This upcoming year, do you see it out the, the people that the players that you have will it be you think you'll be outgrowing that space soon? Um, I definitely think so, especially um, you know now that now that COVID has happened, we are even now starting to look at our space differently, trying to see what we can do to maximize the area for future use. So, you know, adding some additional PCs is something that you know, we're going to start looking into once we're able to get all of our, you know, once we're able to get feedback on campus, being able to maximize the space that we're in or, you know, look for other avenues on campus that may be able to house us better. And being able to also kind of expand the staffing as well. Again, at this point in time, it's just I'm the only paid member for the university that's dedicated to the esports program. So at this point in time, I'm a bit capped out on my bandwidth for the amount of uh, teams, athletes, and games that we compete in. So if we're able to expand our space, if we're able to um, kind of expand the staffing that we have for the program, you know, I do hope to add an additional game or two for the um, for next upcoming academic year. Okay. Are you going to, are you looking to expand the, the actual, are you guys moving 
So just so, so everybody knows, how big is your guys' space that you guys have over at Park? I don't know the square footage of the space, but it's kind of a longer rectangle kind of a shape. It's kind of in the underground of uh, Park's campus. It can really comfortably sit about 16 computer stations. We also have a couple of smaller couch lounge sofas in there. And we also have a digital whiteboard that's hanging on one of our walls. So all of that kind of fits comfortably in the space. And then towards the back of the arena is also a smaller office where they keep me. <laughs> and then you guys also also have a lounge area, right? For students to actually engage and kind of like outside of the, the your, your parkade. Yeah, so we do have a kind of a live viewing area. You know, it's set up on about two TVs that are kind of, like you said, just outside the parkade space. So we have had students and, and staff, parents, you know, stop by and be able to watch the athletes play the games, you know, kind of just outside of the room, because most of the time when they're competing, nobody is, you know, allowed inside of the room with them. So we do kind of have a live viewing area set up for while we do stream our games online, we also would, we encourage people to come and um, interact in person with the athletes. Right, right, okay. And so for your guys' space, have you guys ever experienced any kind of lag or anything like that? Do you guys have your own dedicated internet? Yeah, so we have, you know, it is separate from the rest of the university. We kind of have two different, we have two different lines, I guess you would say, that are open. So, you know, if one does fail, the other one kind of kicks in. So we've never really experienced any sort of latency lag issues. The one time we did was when a, a, a pole went down somewhere nearby, but once they just flipped the internet over to the other provider, you know, we were pretty much good to go. How, how important was that for you guys to do that? Who, who decided that? Because I'm assuming it wasn't like that before, right? <laughs> Uh, the two different inter like internet. Yeah. So a lot of that, a lot of those were decisions that were made before I had gotten on board. But I do know, yeah, I do know that we've always kind of had the two running in tandem because we knew that you know for esports, you know the the biggest thing is the internet and the connectivity and making sure that we don't run into any lag or latency. So our IT department did a really good job up front of not only making sure that we weren't going to run into any latency issues, but also our PCs, they run great. You know, they were kind of a custom build that our IT department worked with. So, you know, we, we were pretty much set up from the get-go, um, you know, technology-wise, and we really haven't run into any issues. Awesome. Real quick, what kind of, what kind of PCs are you, did you guys use? They're custom, right? Yeah, so we did some custom builds with Zidax. I think on average per PC, it was maybe around $2,000. And we're kind of running on kind of two-year life cycles. So next summer, what we'll do is we'll probably replace some key elements inside of the computer. And then another two years from that, we'll just you know, get rid of the old gaming ones, probably house them somewhere else within the university or donate them and then just get, you know, a whole new lineup of computers. So it's been really great. Cause that's, you know, equipment wise, you know, when you compare it to something like soccer, we don't have to like worry about mowing the soccer field. It's not something that you have to tend to all the time and make sure that, that it's up and running, you know, 
you'll have that kind of one upfront cost that you kind of just got to get over that hump. But other than that, when you compare it to your other traditional sports, it's actually, you know, it's more bang for your buck, really. <laughs> that is true. You, you'd be surprised how many uh, people don't believe that. And it, yeah, it's the it's the price it's the upfront price tag that gets a little yeah. gets a little leery. But then you've got those PCs that really are going to last you. You know, two years you may replace a few parts on them, and then two years after that you'll have that another big, you know, push out again of what you'll need to purchase. But you know, at the same time that gives you four years worth of time to be able to make sure that you can budget correctly for it. Right. And as far as consoles, what consoles do you guys have at the at the parkade? Um, so we don't have many consoles. All of all the competition that we house um, are on the PCs. Um, we do have some consoles kind of in the area that are close to the parkade. We do have some. Um, we've got the Xbox, the PlayStation. But then we also have just, you know, one little kind of old school Nintendo that we have in the parkade for the for the athletes to come and use just for fun. It's got like Tekken and Mario Brothers, like some <laughs> just some old school fun things. And it also kind of gets staff and faculty in the space as well because they kind of see those old games in there. So, you know, it's able to kind of get them engaged into the program as well and, um, you know, get them to, you know, really buy into um you know what esports is doing for the university awesome okay and so coach jones like I, we i understand that you didn't come in the build the, the build that was already starting when you came in right mm -hmm. so did you hear of any problems that they, they came across before actually making the, the decision of starting the program like what kind of obstacles that they the, the university come across there's not too many that that I, I'm aware of. I know that, you know, once the idea was pitched, our, our president, Dr. Gunderson, was really on board pretty much from the get-go. He's been one of our biggest supporters and he's really gotten into the esports program, which is, uh, it's, it's awesome for the athletes to be able to see like from the top down that they've, you know, got the support for the program. I think maybe the only, um, and I'm not sure I would even call it an issue, but I do know that one, when they had worked on uh, figuring out where to physically house the esports program, um, they had a couple of different options in mind. They had started with one space that was in the underground. You know, they chose to uh, use the underground just because, again, money-wise, it was it, it's easier to kind of build out a space down there than have to maybe build a whole another physical building somewhere. So, so they knew that it was going to be housed in the underground, and they were looking at a few different spots. There was um, there was one spot that they had kind of gotten into pretty far but then they did have to go ahead and change it you know kind of at the last minute so didn't all bait and switch but the space where we're at's really great honestly on the other side of the the cave wall is our server room so we're super close to you know everything that that we need so you know and we're also kind of how the underground works at park is there's kind of a there's kind of a crossroads where you can go this way and that way. And we're kind of sitting right in the middle of it. So um, kind of being at that major crossroads again um, is really good for us just to get us some more um, exposure and, you know, try to get other students on campus involved. Right. Okay. And then it's also close to the gym, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So, and, and again, you know, for, for me at, at, at park, what, something that I'm, really have been pushing and would like to continue to push is 
kind of more of a holistic approach for esports. You know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, sure, they're here and you know they're competing, they're learning these soft skills, they're making these connections and and friendships with their teammates. But we also want to make sure that holistically that they're you know that they're students and that they're you know getting the the grades that they need to be able to graduate on time. Also holistically making sure that you know nutrition and fitness are involved in the regimen. So yeah, so we've got the gym. We have, you know, it's the varsity athlete gym. So each sport kind of gets their own time block on the calendar. So esports again is is no different. So we get our own time in the gym and you know, all of the athletes, you know, there's some of them that have never stepped inside of a, a gym before. Some of them don't really have the the knowledge with fitness. They they may have a goal of wanting to lift a certain amount of weight or lose a certain amount of weight, but they don't really know how to get there. So we try to also identify athletes within the program that maybe have that background. Again, try to give them another piece of the program that they're helping to mold and grow and also just getting the athletes, again, together outside of the space, outside of practice. Um, so doing that with with fitness has has been really great for us. We've gotten a lot of we've gotten a lot of athletes in the gym pretty consistently. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So an extended part of this question, what are some of the current problems you are facing besides COVID? I understand COVID is happening, but besides COVID, like what are some of the current problems you're facing right now during, I mean, for your program? I think for me, and I'm not sure I would uh, phrase it as a problem, but more of an opportunity is just we've really kind of hit our, our max with where we're at kind of like I had mentioned earlier, you know, one staff member who is, I am full-time. So, you know, one full-time staff member to get the program off the ground and running is doable. It has been done, but making sure to have the program grow and grow safely so it doesn't crumble is making sure that there's opportunities for the space the physical space to expand there's opportunities for additional staffing to be brought on and it doesn't even have to be doesn't even have to be you know full-time staff you know even if you're able to get some you know graduate assistance in there you know those have been really successful for some programs some volunteer coaches part-time coaches so um, just making sure that there is parameters in place to make sure that if you want your if you want your esports program to grow and you want to make sure that it is able to encompass everything that a a new incoming student's going to want you just have to make sure that you have the parameters in place to grow because it's going to grow quickly <laughs> yes i love that <laughs> <laughs> so real quick if you had a huge budget all right let's just say mm -hmm. a huge budget and you, you had this full support of your administration to do whatever, however you wanted to start your program, how would you restart your program at Park? How would I re, hmm. You know, I think, I think the first semester, I think the spring 2019 of having the, the seven athletes on the one team, I think, I think was good. Mostly because, you know, there's not a lot of people out there that have, you know, collegiate esports coaching backgrounds other than the people that are currently doing it right now. So, I mean, I had some previous esports background. I had worked some, you know, just some volunteer jobs for some, you know, smaller esports organization doing things like event planning, 
social media management, team management. So I did kind of have the ability to leverage the esports experience that I had and also the higher education experience that I had. But still, putting those two things together was, you know, there's just so much that you don't know. So being able to kind of start small with the one team and you've got your seven players and your one staff member, I think was really helpful because there's a lot that I learned within that first six months. And a lot of that was just reaching out to other um, collegiate leaders in the space. Everybody is really excited to grow the space. So there's not anybody that's holding back any information. If you, if you call somebody up and like, Hey, this is a weird problem. How did, how did you fix this? What did you do for that? Everybody is, you know, open and willing to kind of help walk you through things if you don't understand. So I think starting off small is good if you've only got that one staff member. But I think if, if I had some exorbitant amount of money, you know, maybe I would have, you know, maybe I would have added an additional team just because we do get so many players that, you know, are, asking about park they're really interested in park but you know maybe we don't offer the title that they choose you know so that's one thing that i would probably like to like to have implemented sooner and then another thing that i've actually really started working on hard this summer is creating an esports academic program so kind of my thought process with that is you know there's a lot of people who are interested in esports but with a varsity program you're really getting just your varsity competition, the the kids that, you know, want to play for their university and compete, which is great. But there's a lot, there's a lot more to esports, just like there's a lot more to basketball than just the athletes playing the game. So, you know, giving the students who are interested in esports, but not in a competitive way, you know, giving them the the education to you know maybe go into broadcasting go into team management there's so many different career opportunities when it comes to esports so for me what i would also like to do to be able to get some more students onto campus is create an academic program where there could be an esports management degree or esports broadcasting degree so that's something that also Back in the day, if I had an exorbitant amount of money and time, I could have been able to uh, get started on. But it's something that I've been working on pretty hard this summer to uh, get proposed to the provost. Oh, that's that's interesting. I, I like that. There's a actually, I think everybody's starting to pick up on that, and they're wanting to do something like that. There's only like oh, a yeah. handful of colleges right now, colleges and universities yeah. that are doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think over time, you're right on point, Coach. Yeah, and you gotta and and you gotta you gotta strike while the iron's hot, right? There's (laughs) not that since there's not that many schools that are doing it. You know, even if we start off with something small, even if we start off with just like a a one credit course on yes introduction to esports. You know, like you start you start off there. You kind of you know you gotta you gotta prove to the the university that yeah yeah you gotta you gotta make sure that that gets you know, some, some butts and seeds. And then after that point, you can grow to a couple more courses, create a minor. And then also you really just need to find within your university, a, 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 a school of business or school of mass communication somewhere that is open and willing to kind of take on this new, this new thing that they're going to be putting into their academic program. So, um, right. you know, just working with the academics on your campus and, and making sure that the, you know, the school that you, that is open and willing, you know, that you guys kind of work together and take it from like a one course class to a full blown major, you know, in a year or two later. 
right? That that'd be that'd be super interesting to see play out. All right, to, next to the question. Next question: Have you had any issues with recruitment or in student engagement? Program? Is this uh, without the world of COVID? Yes. Because <laughs> okay. we understand COVID messed everything up. So. <laughs> this is an anomaly time for everything. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I don't think before in the before times, you know, I think for us recruiting was. Um, you know, I'll use the example that we had, the only other one I have that's not COVID, when we grew from seven to about 22, you know, we had a lot of folks that were interested in the program, you know, we did the, we did the in big in-person tryouts, and, you know, everybody got to know each other, they got to play the game, we kind of got to see how they, see how they played, see how they interacted with, with playing with other folks that were around them. So I think for us recruiting, uh, again, you know, there were some, there's a lot of students that would come to us that we didn't have the games that they, that they mostly played, that they mainly played, but we still were able to get some, you know, even with that being said, you know, maybe Call of Duty was their main game, but they've played Overwatch in the past. So, you know, even those kinds of students, if we didn't offer their main game, we were still able to just get them excited about the program, get them excited to be a part of, uh, you know, a collegiate esports team. I mean, I, I mean that just that sentence is like so cool to be it. Like that student is able to like they're going to be able to talk about they were on their like collegiate esports team, <laughs> yeah. and for a lot of them, I mean, for our Overwatch and our Rocket League team, they were on my first Overwatch team. So they they were on Park University's first ever varsity Overwatch team. So like you know, just kind of building some excitement around that, building excitement around like being the start of something and kind of setting a precedent, you know, a lot of that, you know, excited um, a lot of the athletes that we were able to get into the program. Okay. What would you say is a major uh, strength of your guys' program? Major strength. You know, I think if I had, if I had to pick one major strength, (laughs) I think maybe I would go with, I think that we do a good job of being able to sort of teach and kind of help grow the students with their soft skills. Being, again, the only, uh, you know, esports slated person within the program, you know, I, I was brought in, I have background in League of Legends, like I had said before, but with Overwatch and Rocket League, I didn't have any. So, you know, it, I, you know, I had to bring in some other people. We do have an assistant coach who works in Parks IT department that really helps with kind of the details, the in-game mechanics that I just, the knowledge that I just don't have. Um, but really, it sort of helps be able to kind of mold the players and kind of help them kind of take ownership of something. So, you know, we've got our, our team captains and, and, and the like, but you know, everybody on the team is able to to throw out their ideas. Everybody is able to, you know, if they have a suggestion about a certain team comp or running a certain team comp on a certain map for Overwatch, you know, it's, it's a pretty open forum for all of the athletes. You know, it sometimes it'll kind of, sometimes it may get into some heads budding but even that for the athletes is kind of a learning opportunity you know we're kind of learning to respect 
other people's ideas and decisions because they all come from different backgrounds. They all came here playing the game maybe a little bit differently, having a little bit different knowledge. So, you know, kind of just being able to have them learn from each other, I think has been really great being able to kind of work on that teamwork and, you know, communication skills, leadership skills. I think all of that has been a big strength for us. And, you know, we're there to make sure that things get done when they need to get done. We make sure that the ship is going in the right direction, but really it's kind of, you know, we kind of let the athletes own, you know, what team comps they want to try, who wants to play which position. And they really do, uh, they do a good job of it, being able to kind of like take ownership of it themselves and kind of run with it. Okay. I like, I like that answer. Um, on the flip side of that question, what's, what's a weakness of your guys' program? I think for us right now, and it's something that I actually have, re- that's something that's really near and dear to me, is actually like our, our, our broadcasting. So this past year, I, I made it a point to, no matter what, get our games out there, get them streamed. Because I think, you know, for our, for basketball, for example, you know, if Park's at home playing basketball, you know that you go to the domes and you know that's how you're going to be able to watch it. But, you know, with esports, it's not as clear where, where you can go to, to watch the players and how you can support them. So, you know, a, a big thing for me is making sure that my players have visibility, making sure that, you know, they they're they're out there just as much as the traditional athletes are and they're you know they're seen and they're known by you know not only the you know the park community but also the parkville community the kansas city community so for me just getting out there is something that's really important for me so you know we we've had a bunch of different athletes actually i had my athletes you know if we had a game that was shoutcasting and broadcasting but i couldn't be in the booth because there was also another team that was playing you know i had athletes you know i would show them how to use the broadcasting equipment and they would go in there and they would it would get it done and we actually had a lot of we had some athletes that you know they tried it on a whim just because i had asked them to or they had volunteered to do it and they actually come out really loving broadcasting and shoutcasting and now they want to do it more they want to learn more about it they want to refine their skills so i think for me again not seen as a weakness but seen as an opportunity for us moving forward is you know consistently making sure what we've been doing getting all of our our videos streamed blasting every social media account possible but also now just making sure that we're able to just kind of grow our little broadcasting and shoutcasting area you know we're trying to get students involved even if you're not a varsity athlete we're just trying to get students on campus if they're again there's some people that are interested in esports but just not competing they may be interested in shoutcasting and broadcasting so we're getting some like a student volunteer program set up for anybody who even wants to try it even wants to maybe learn and just try it and see if they like it so for me again just just keep continuing to grow the fan base grow the audience and just grow the visibility for the athletes because i mean we work so hard and you know they really they really deserve it they do that kind of takes us on to the next question are you getting the viewerships that you're wanting from your stream i would say for for some streams we would maybe more than others 
with our Rocket League team being a top 10 team in NACE, you know, we did our Rocket League team. Yeah. They got, they got some viewership and we got, you know, we had a, a little community growing, you know, when they played, we would get a lot of, you know, we'd get a lot of family members and friends and students and staff show up. And, you know, we had, you know, had some fun, you know, banter going on in the chat and the like, you know, um, and again, it's because our Rocket League team, they, they did really good. They were really good. <laughs> right. So, you know, say, so they brought in. I would add to everybody watching. If you guys haven't watched any kind of games, esports, don't don't watch Overwatch. You'll get confused. Don't watch League of Legends unless you know what you're watching. Rocket <laughs> League. You doesn't matter who you are. That is the most exciting game to watch. Like, yeah, hands that yeah. you don't even know what what it is. Just watch Rocket League. You're like, oh, okay, okay. If you know what yeah. soccer is, you can watch Rocket League, and it's really. Yeah. It's more exciting than soccer, actually. Soccer is really boring. <laughs> Rocket League is super fun to watch. Yeah, Rocket Rocket League is great. You know, it you know it does kind of take that element of a traditional sport that everybody's really familiar with. You know, puts a fun twist on it on cars that have that can go up in the air, and then you add. You get five minutes to make as many points as you can in five minutes. So, you know, it's a, it's a easy to pick up and it's quick and it's quick. That means it's, there's a lot that's going to happen in five minutes. So yeah, yeah Rocket, Rocket League is a great esports to just kind of get your feet wet and, and watch right. for the first time. And it looks easy, like you can play it, but it's not. No. It's, it's, not, not. it's a super hard game to play. <laughs> it's probably hard, one of the harder games to play at a high level, like yeah it's almost impossible <laughs> yeah and it's and it's so fun to if if you can't get your hands on it and just go into a training mode see what you can do in about 10 minutes and then and then i'll sit back and watch my athletes play and i'm like i how do how it's like art it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> what they can do it's magic <laughs> What are, what are you going to do different this upcoming year? Like, since you said you're, you're really wanting to push the stream, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have plans on, on doing things differently this upcoming year? I know you're wanting to add, you said you're wanting to add more positions or giving opportunities to kids that, students that aren't, aren't even uh, players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you going to have that, like, every single game or practices? Or what are, you, what are your plans for that? Yeah, so I, I think for us, something that, one thing that we're going to try to to do differently is just implement kind of the volunteer program. So, you know, one section of the, I kind of have like four, four different sections of the volunteer program. One of them is going to be kind of the shout casting and broadcasting. And, you know, for, for any students that are interested, you know, I'll, we'll start the conversation, you know, and they'll just kind of let me know what their availability is. If they, you know, if they really want to shout cast, Rocket League, that's what they'll be able to do. If they want to try this, try that. If they want to do one game a week, if they want to do three games a week, you know, kind of leave it up to them. The second volunteer program that we're kind of looking for is graphic design. So, you know, helping us put out our, our flyers to promote our next games, promote our, our open intramural houses that we have that are open to the public be able to get some really cool stream overlays graphics on the stream graphics for social media that kind of stuff we've also are looking for content creating so really with that one we're looking just for really cool hype videos we're looking for really cool cinematography still photography you know group shots headshots uh, also looking for some highlight reels you know maybe your top five of the week or top five of the month what have you 
but then also with that one, I kind of want to do a lot of player highlights as well. So, you know, kind of a, you know, little five minute video, get to know, get to know Duran, you know, like we see him, we see him on the rift, but like, what is, what else does he do? What is he studying? What is, where does he want to go? What is, where is his life going to go? You know? So kind of doing a little bit more of that, getting some more, again, highlighting the players, getting some more visibility on them. And then the last one that we're looking for our team assistants, these ones, we probably want those individuals to at least have some knowledge of the game that they would like to be an assistant for. So that way they could help with some VOD reviewing and the like. But really for team assistance, again, we're just looking for some additional support to the players, you know, helping us reach out to universities to find scrims, making sure that all of the players are signed up for whatever tournaments that we're participating in, and just kind of making sure all of the T's are crossed and I's are dotted, just to kind of help the players and help myself keep going. I like that. Kind of giving a lot more structure to it. Yeah, yeah. Making making yeah. sure that, you know, I I did I did a my mine minus COVID. I did, you know, I did a whole year of like having one assistant coach that was there who was a volunteer coach that, you know, he did a great job, but you know, even one volunteer assistant coach and one staff member, it just I didn't get enough things done that I had wanted to get done. So, right. you know, just trying to help add some more add some more players and add some more people to the to the pot to you know just keep it going and 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 grow it in a way that we can right now while we're still kind of restricted by restricted by covid restricted by you know new new budgets and and the like so um still trying to have growth in a year which doesn't look normal right and I, I should have asked this question earlier how many students do you have are you planning right now to have this upcoming year um, right now, I've got I've got twenty on my roster right now. Our Rocket League teams, I'm I'm gonna have two this upcoming year, and those are pretty much set in stone. We are still looking to grab a few more Overwatch or League of Legends players, but right now our current roster is sitting at about twenty. Thanks, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so time to get into the nitty gritty of stuff. This is what everybody really likes to hear. Yeah. Um, for your guys' facility. Using round numbers, how much did it cost to actually do the whole build out and getting the program up and running? I can give some numbers. Okay, um, that's fine. Some <laughs> um, numbers so, are better than no numbers. Yeah, so uh, so like I said, for the computers, we did kind of the custom builds with Zidax. I would I was told they were about two grand a piece, um, okay. and we got sixteen kind of right out at the gate. Now, real quick, is that? With just the PC itself, or is that including the monitor, the the, the and the hard the peripherals? Yeah, so that was just just the PC itself. So right. that didn't okay. include all of the other fixings. All the fun um, stuff. Yeah, all the other fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> didn't include that. The chairs, we we have respawn chairs at our facility. Both Zidax and respawn, we got the kind of Nace member discount just because they were partners with nace so with the with the gaming chairs i think maybe 200 a piece and we got the 16 plus uh we got a couple additional ones for the space itself i know that they built it in the underground just because it was better financially i don't know how much that physical build out actually cost they sort of the space that used to be there, it was, you know, kind of just a, a lounge area for the students. So really all they had to do was blow out a little bit more of the cave 
and honestly just put up some glass and put up some walls and there was the space. So, you know, that wasn't an exorbitant amount of money for us. And then that's probably all of the numbers that I know. Cause when yeah. I showed up, everything had a nice little bow on it and I just walked in and it was there. <laughs> but, you know, I think for budget wise, you know, in a, in a non COVID type of a year, you know, I think our, our budget for the entire academic year sat somewhere around 15,000. Um, okay. And a lot of that budget, you know, really comes down to the, the apparel, the jerseys for the players, you know, travel for the students, travel for your esports staff came with, you know, an advertising line. So we were able to, for the next tech that, that happened in November of 2019, we were able to become a sponsor of a, you know, a huge gaming event that happened in Kansas City. So, you know, able to kind of leverage some advertising dollars there. Um, and a couple of other, you know, odds and ends that, that we came about. But I think that was kind of our, our average budget that we had for this past academic year. Gotcha. And do you know, was the lounge area outside of the parkade, was that also included? Like, was that part of, was that there before or was it added all at one time with the esports arena or esports cave? And um, yeah, so that was, they had, so the space that we had, we'll put put pictures up guys. So you see see our point too. (laughs) So the space that, the space that the parkade had blown out, that actually used to be kind of where they housed the xboxes and the playstations and then we just moved it close by so we could still have kind of the the live viewing area gotcha okay so they kind of already had all that stuff already Mm -hmm. yeah pretty much yeah yeah awesome okay there you go the guts of the the of the information yeah. That's about <laughs> <I have. laughs> All right. So down to our last few questions. What's the hardest part of your job? Oh. And you can't switch this around and be like, I'm going to turn this into a positive. All right. What's the hardest thing for real? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think for, for me, the hardest thing would be not having enough hours in a day. Yeah. I think, I think the hardest thing is just having just having myself, you know, again, I do have, you know, I do have an assistant coach who's, you know, really helpful and, you know, he will help with whatever I need help with and help me figure things out. The assistant athletic director who we now fall under right now, again, super helpful. He's really into esports. He's really into learning about it because he, again, comes from a traditional sports background. So he's just done a really good job of like really getting in there and, and, and just learning about it. But again, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, kind of being the only sole person that's constantly working on esports things, I think the hardest part is it's just having me and not having, you know, enough support to get all of the, get all of my ideas that I want to get done, done. So I think not enough hours in the day. <laughs> right. And just to clarify for everybody that's watching, she, when, when, when we say that she is the head coach, to three different titles that's like being a head coach for football soccer and baseball three three separate different rule sets three separate different ways of playing the game completely different sports and so that's what we mean by that she has no time yeah (laughs) not only do you have to learn 
each rules of one game, the second game, and the third game, you also have to manage those teams. Yeah. yeah. And I'm again, a, this is college students, right? Yeah. And we all know how, I mean, I was needy when I was that age. No, I'm pretty sure we we're all needy at that age. And so, you know, they're still living their lives. You know, they probably have jobs that are still in school. Kind of, they still have to go to school, right? right. And so you have to work around them because you're, again, providing a service to the, those kids. Yeah. And it's, I understand it's super tough. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's so like it is tough. Okay, it's a it's a lot of hours, but it's it it's so rewarding. Is you know is that going to go on to the next part of the question? What is what is what's the funnest part funnest of your time? <laughs> funnest part? Ooh, good question. <laughs> um, but really, like just just getting to just getting to know the athletes kind of in this space. You know, when when we did have to just let everybody know, hey, like when when uh, COVID happened, and we had to tell all the students, like, hey, you you can't come back to campus. All of your classes are now online. You don't get to compete in esports anymore. Like that was really difficult for a lot of the athletes to wrap their head around, you know, especially for a lot of like first time freshmen, like this was their first year in college. They're still trying to figure college out. They're still trying to figure out themselves. And then they have all of this happen all at the same time. So like, you know, being able to have that relationship with them. There were so many students that, you know, came up to me and, you know, reached out to me and, you know, they were being just open and honest and they just needed somebody to talk to. They needed help trying to figure out how to do well in their classes. They, well, is there tutoring still? Can I still go somewhere? Can I do something about this? So, you know, being able to be that support for them for a lot of them it was really important and you know if they weren't part of the esports program they you know they came to me because they came to me for a reason you know they may not have gone and approached their instructors or approached their professors so you know being part of the esports program it gives them another person within the university that's able to just help them navigate you know, life, especially when all of this happened and just trying to figure things out, you know. So I think just being able to to help them, watch them grow. And then, you know, after I have my first round of four-year athletes, when I have to tie a little bow on them and send them on their way, you know, I think that's, you know, going to the graduation is going to be awesome, you know. So, I, yeah, I think that is the best part of the job is just being able to to be there for the students, having that interaction having that relationship you know and just helping them helping them figure it out figure it out what they want to do help them figure out their classes you know just kind of be there for them awesome well hey, i appreciate you so much actually for being part of this podcast thank you so much uh all right so now this is like the time where you get to like do your little your pitch all right recruit those kids out there <laughs> you do your pitch okay and I'll be quiet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Park University Esports, you know, we've been doing esports since about spring of 2019. Right now we offer scholarships for League of Legends, Overwatch, and Rocket League for this upcoming year. In the year or two to come, we hope to add some additional games onto our docket. We're uh, considering games like Fortnite, Valorant, Rainbow Six, maybe some FIFA. 
So just let us know what you might be interested. It might help us actually make a decision on what we should be offering our future students and our current student body. If you're interested in learning more about Park Esports, you can go to park.edu slash esports. There's two forms if you want to start the recruiting process. There's two forms on there. There is the one that says recruiting form. And then the other one says gaming profile. The first one gives us your uh, contact information. The second one gives us your your in-game information for whichever title um, you would like to be recruited for. But also, if you're not interested in recruiting, if you're just interested in becoming a fan and following us, Again, if you go to that same website, you know, that'll get you hooked up with our Twitter. You'll be able to see all of our our matches, all of the recaps of our matches, and just generally stay informed of what we're up to. Perfect. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining the Esports Supply Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on to today's podcast. If you found the information valuable, please, all I ask is for you to share it with everyone and anyone. If you want to have a conversation as to how you can also have an esports program at your institution, please hit me up, Deron at esportsapply.com. And until next time, stay motivated.